This is the Everything 80s Podcast, episode 29, the USS Flag, the greatest toy ever made. I got it! Wow! Here it is, the USS Flag aircraft carrier. Imagine being on the deck of this aircraft carrier. The USS Flag is fantastic! It's so big! Oh, my God! USS Flag Aircraft Carrier comes with what you see here. Other figures and equipment sold separately. Hey guys, what's happening? Welcome back to the Everything 80s Podcast. I'm Jamie. Thanks for coming on out today and having a look at what might be a sore spot for a lot of people, especially if you're a young boy growing up in the 80s and seeing the most iconic toy ever created, the USS Flag um, aircraft carrier by Hasbro for G.I. Joe. I mean, something I didn't know anyone who had it, anyone who might have had it. It was just maybe like an urban legend. We're going to look at everything to do with this monumental toy. So there are amazing, you know, incredible, iconic toys and toy sets that have come out over the years, you know, like Castle Grayskull or the Death Star or like the actual Millennium Falcon you know, things that as a kid you can only dream of owning and you're just, you know better than to ask for something like that as they're so crazy expensive. But in all these amazing toys and things that came out in the 80s, was there one that stood above them all? And that is the look at the USS Flag, which was a seven-foot aircraft carrier for G.I. Joe made by Hasbro and it came out in 1985. It is based on a Nimitz-class aircraft carrier and is still considered the ultimate playset and the ultimate toy. And we're going to look at everything to do with this. So, like I said, the 80s, it's a golden age of toys with so many new brands and franchises released on our unsuspecting little minds. There, there were so many choices and options. It could be overwhelming. Parents must have hated this. Just, just say if you like G.I. Joe. The amount of toys, accessories, and vehicles put out, like... You you go bankrupt just in that. G.I. Joe and Hasbro put out 250 vehicles, let alone all the action figures. So that's just one property. If you're a kid, you're still going to like Transformers. You're still going to like He-Man. And then if you have a daughter, she's going to like My Little Pony and Rainbow Bright. And each one of these toy lines is filled with so many things. And, you know, you're trying to spread it across. I can't believe the parents just didn't collapse with all the options out there. And as a kid, you're just going absolutely nuts. You know, j- just like, even if you stayed within that one franchise, there was too many options that you would never be able to own all of. So it's say, it, like save you like transformers. There were so many figures that weren't cheap that collecting all of them was probably out of the question. He man is probably the same thing. They're a bit cheaper, but between the characters and play sets, if you wanted to get the whole, kind of universe together it was almost impossible it was going to take what like all your allowance christmas and birthdays rolled into one shot um to kind of put these worlds together you know that you've seen these other kids playing with on tv like you just heard in that commercial so obviously you know you're gonna have interest in a wide variety of toys in the 80s and and gi joe is always going to be at the top of the list and as a toy 
by far the hardest franchise to accumulate all of, not even close. Like just with, like I said, with all those toys and figures, and then they put out the crown jewel of all toys. If these things weren't already hard enough to like crack into, they put out the USS flag. So what was the USS flag? It was, it was it. It was the toy you could only dream of. It was so big that it could be considered more of a playset because you couldn't even move it. It was that big. It was seven feet long. Even though it was technically a boat, it couldn't, it wouldn't float at all. It, it couldn't be used in the water like the uh, G.I. Joe Killer Whale Hovercraft, which is probably one of the best toys I ever owned that I somehow was able to get. I think that was, maybe that was the secret. Now I'm just realizing as I'm recording this, if G.I. Joe put out this massive expensive toy that they knew no one was going to get, and if a kid asked for it, by comparison, something like the whale hovercraft, which was a, you know, still expensive, but look crazy cheap compared to the USS flag. Parents were more likely to go and buy that toy or the ones that were at the higher end of the spectrum, but they paled price-wise in comparison to the USS flag. That might've been a brilliant marketing strategy, which is just occurring to me right now because I got the whale hovercraft. Um, so like I said, it was the fact that it couldn't float made it more of a play set. And okay. So the USS flag measures in at seven feet, six inches, and is the largest toy play set ever created in 1985. It sold for around $109 and 99 cents. If you convert that for today, it's to about $250, not like obscene when you think of the prices, say some electronics, or like iPads, but for a toy, like me personally, I knew better than to try and ask for that. That there was just that was just a waste of ink when you're writing your wish list. So they named the USS Flag with two G's. It's not F L A G, it's double G as it's named after General Flag, who was uh an original G.I. Joe character used in the comic books. He was actually killed off in issue nineteen. So General Flag in fiction is actually the guy who's credited with creating G.I. Joe. The USS Flag was available in 1986, uh, sorry, 1985, then in 1986, and they stopped being uh, produced in 1987. So here's some things uh, that came with the USS Flag. came with one action figure, which so generous, so generous, which was Vice Admiral Keelhaul. And he was a character that was featured in the comics, but he was never actually seen in the cartoon show. They still take a lot of their mythology from the old comic books. So instead, they had Admiral Ledger. Uh, this is in the cartoon. Admiral Ledger was captain of the USS Montana. And it kind of seems weird. Again, all this is occurring to me now as I look at it. It seems weird there isn't any continuity here where... Hasbro was so careful in how they marketed their toys through the cartoon. The fact that they had different uh, admirals like Keelhaul compared to Admiral Ledger and then the US, USS Montana wasn't the USS flag. It, that seems very weird because one thing G.I. Joe did, which all cartoons did, but they sort of set the standard on. And I've talked about this before if you've listened to shows. they Every episode you see of G.I. Joe is a 22-minute commercial, and every episode is used to launch new characters, new toys, new accessories. So in every single episode, they make it very clear that whenever characters talk to each other, they always refer to each other by their full name. That way you know 
what you're looking for with the toy. Whenever you are, whenever in GI Joe they're talking about a vehicle, they don't just say let's get in the hovercraft. They'd say let's get in the killer whale hovercraft. You know, they're branding the toy right in the show so that you know it and you see it. So since they were so careful with this, it seems very weird that they didn't do it with the USS flag. But whatever. Okay. So what is the USS flag based on? So if you're a ship nerd, don't lash at me here, but the USS flag is not considered a supercarrier, and it's often mistaken for a CV-66. This is because the number of the ship is 99, but the stickers for it are technically facing the wrong way. So to identify the numbers on an aircraft carrier, if you were standing on the deck facing forward, the number should be facing you. The way the toy would have you put them on, turn them around so you were seeing a 66. So the USS flag is technically classified as a CVN-99, and the C stands for aircraft carrier. The V indicates fixed wing, and the N means it's nuclear-powered. As of right now, we're up to aircraft carrier number 78, and that's used by the U.S., and it's the CVN-78 USS Gerald R. Ford. Right now, they have planned up to CVN-80, and uh, it'll be interesting to see what they would call it if they ever get up to the 99th one, if they would dare call it the USS flag. But that's a long ways off, whatever. So this toy is massive, but it's not actually built to scale. So a G.I. Joe figure is 1/18th scale of a real human, which means to build a toy aircraft carrier in the right proportions, <laughs> the USS flag should have been 63 feet long and 13 feet wide. So, um, also the, the, yeah, that's just proportion wise. When you look at the actual USS flag, it's one 145th scale size to a real aircraft carrier. So (laughs) yeah, they, they weren't going to release a 63 foot long toy. So what is the USS flag made up of? So to start off with, this was, like I said, it's a legit play set and it came with an electronic public address system which was a very cool idea, actually. You could um, call out stuff and overhear it over the uh, the PA system and all that stuff. It came with a two-piece utility vehicle that was part tractor and part fuel delivery system. The USS Flag has a radar. It has missile launchers. It has an admiral's launch. It has an elevator deck. It came with an arrestor cable. And that is, if you've ever seen the videos of planes landing on an aircraft carrier, you've seen that they have a giant hook attached to them uh, that's coming off the back of the plane that catches onto a giant cable on the deck, which helps to slow them down. So they obviously don't overshoot the whole thing. They would also use a catapult assisted takeoff and that would like slingshot the planes off the deck as they took off. So the thing is the problem, none of the toys like say the GI Joe sky striker plane had the hook on it that would allow it to slow down on landing but the USS flag came with one that could be fitted onto the back of the Sky Striker's rear stabilizer so it can interact with the toy. Kind of cool little features. But of course, you're paying this money. It better have all these features. Uh, none of the toys, like the, um, sorry, the deck of the carrier now is, you know, it's got these built-in pieces and it can work with the toys, but it's made up of some like really big plastic pieces. So, to put it all together, um, some of the pieces are more than two and a half feet wide and three and a half feet long. And to make it seem like it was heavy duty, um, you know, because the planes are coming in hot and landing hard and they've, you know, everything like that, 
they used um to give it this heavy duty deck feel they use these deck plates that were made out of the same kind of plastic used to make playground equipment so th- this thing is strong and since some of the pieces were so big it came with some massive stickers uh that like to fill up the spot they were so big that they had trouble staying glued to the toy so some of the lane markers on it were so long that they wouldn't stay in place and over time, uh, um, reproduct- reproduction placement stickers would be made and they would cost hundreds of dollars just like because they had to specially make these things and they were so big and this thing is just a money pit. Again, the whole deck is so big. Uh, like look up pictures of this thing if you need to. It's, um, it's You can go to the show notes if you're listening on um, YouTube or on your phone or whatever. If you look in the phone, there should be a link to show you the whole article and pictures and everything like that. So it's the deck is so big, it has to be held up by actual support beams to try um, and just kind of like make this thing be more stable and and also to reduce the plastic use. And so if you look at it from the back, it doesn't look like a toy. It looks more like scaffolding. Um, so it was part function and then part to cut down on the manufacturing costs and then the overall retail cost. So again, it's probably more fair to think of the USS flag as a play set as opposed to a toy. Okay. Here's how you put the USS flag together. It support, it starts with, you, you have to be a contractor almost to put this thing. It starts with nine different trusses to help support the deck, but the, the trusses in it were actually known to be pretty fragile. And those are one of the weaker, the only like really weak part of the set and they could break easily. So with that in place, on top of the framework would be those five different deck plates. And you had small little clips would be crucial for keeping the deck plates attached securely to the trusses. And those pieces held up pretty well because they were made from playground equipment and they could survive a tornado. The tower part was made of several light gray pieces that would easily snap together. And these pieces... um, even though they would they would snap together easily, like the snaps and all those things, like the connecting parts were were quite flimsy and they were more prone to breakage. So if you like moved it, there was a chance to break it. Then once it was whole, it was all consumed, like put together, the whole tower would then slide into the main deck plate. So the tower is held in place with a couple of Y-shaped pins and things like that can easily go missing. So the whole thing was at easy risk of falling apart if you lost any of the little bits. Next, there's the long, flexible plastic strip that runs alongside the hull to make it look like it's a contained unit. So like I said, if you look at it from the back, it looked more like scaffolding. If you looked at it head on like the proper way, it looked like an actual boat. And that's because of that long plastic strip thing. Um, so that's pretty much it. But the whole thing is, you know, like it's not designed for mobility. It's meant to stay in one place. Like you're not meant to, even if you could, you know, pretend you're sailing it through your living room. First, you probably wouldn't have enough room. Second, you need a team of people to try and move this thing in one thing. Like if you were trying to push it from the back, the whole thing would probably collapse or break. Uh, Parts of it would break. And then, you know, if you wanted to move it, you needed that team to take it apart, move it and reassemble it in another location. So not the most transportable of toys. Even if even just the box it came in was 42 inches, which would no kid is going to be able to move that thing. So I look at now when I, the article I wrote this on, I was just 
or that I based this on. It was like, is this a, was this a toy just for the elite? And it's funny to joke, you know, you're talking about like I'm going on 30 plus Christmases of not getting the USS flag. But it was an interesting thing that it would have isolated a lot of kids. And um, I think you need to look at it as being a high end choice for maybe more fortunate kids, because not only was there the steep price tag, you need to look at it from the viewpoint of a playset to use the thing properly. It means you had to have a lot of like if you if you watch the commercials, it's not just the playset. It's kind of pointless unless you have like the planes to take off of it, you know, um, or the other vehicles that would drive around or like the hovercraft that would would be able to come up and dock alongside it. So it meant getting the USS flag was kind of like getting a bill because to, to really play with it meant you had to have all those bigger and more expensive vehicles that were like designed and meant to go with it. There were that like example, like those certain areas, like the elevator parts were designed for specific vehicles. And so it implies you either had all these toys or you would be getting them. And again, it's an interesting perspective. If you also consider the toy did not move, this conveys that the idea that you probably had a massive bedroom or a massive playroom where you could set it up and use it properly, that it wouldn't take over the whole room. Like the room I grew up in, that thing wouldn't have fit in there when you, when you factor in the beds and yeah, there was actually no way it would have fit now that I'm picturing. So if say in our rec room, our playroom, it would have fit, but it would have dominated the entire room and you would have had to work around it. So it, it kind of came across as this toy for the elite. Um, it was almost like a display unit. It was almost like it was a showcase, like an actual case to display all the amazing toys you had. So there's that aspect to it. And then the part that it just occurred to me at the start that maybe it was meant as a way to make their other toys look cheaper by comparison. It's a thing they'd use in restaurants, uh, especially what was specifically with wine menus. Um, and what every restaurant tends to do is on their wine list, they will put a very high priced bottle of wine, which is overpriced and not essentially good value. Then they will play, then they will have like their cheapest entry wine, and then they'll have one placed just above it. And it's called, I think they call it comparison pricing. If you were to see those, say that the super cheap wine and then the the next cheaper wine, but not as cheap, if you were to look at those on their own, they there's nothing to compare them to, and you're probably just gonna take the cheapest wine because it's like a few dollars cheaper. And but then when you put the big expensive wine on top. Now there's a frame of reference for all of it. And now that second cheapest wine looks like a way better value. And you're more likely to buy that as opposed to the cheapest wine because it's like, say it's only like three or $4 more, but it's like $30 cheaper than the most expensive one. It's all because of like comparison pricing. And that's kind of what I'm thinking was going on there as well as just being the elite toy to other kids. So I'm going through a few realizations as I record this. Uh, so, but we'll start wrapping it up here. And it it's amazing that the USS flag is incredible as far as not only its physical size, but its significance, you know, as I'm talking about all these different things, um, it's crazy to think that a toy like this would ever have been dreamed up. The fact that it got past the pitch process to a design stage and on shelves is pretty remarkable. And I've got another theory about that. 
I'm going with a whole bunch of things anyway, so I may as well continue. And it sort of ties in about everything with the 80s as well. So it's 85, 1985, and it's arguably the best year for toys in that decade, which was an entire golden era of toys already. So, and you know, I mentioned at the start of the show how kids had an interest in a variety of brands and franchises. You know, we liked all these different things. And I think this was an attempt by Hasbro to try and shine through during a year of extremely epic toys. So again, remember, this is right when the Transformers are taking off and it's becoming an epic toy. G.I. Joe itself is at the forefront. We're right in the, the monumental Cabbage Patch Kids craze. Don't like Star Wars is still going hot. Remember, like Return of the Jedi is only a few years back. Um, it's still hot. He-Man is still big. Everything. There were so many amazing toys out there. And to stand out, you had to do something big. And I think the USS Flag was an attempt by Hasbro to be the best and most epic toy in a year and a decade full of absolutely epic toys. And it definitely made an impact. The hype surrounding this thing put it into sort of toy mythology category. It was like Bigfoot. You knew about it, but the odds are you had never seen one with your own eyes and you probably were never going to see one. No matter what you thought of it, you were aware of it. And it remains the pinnacle of giant toys and play sets today. On the collector market, on that sort of side note, even a crappy beat down old U.S. flag will still cost you hundreds. If you're looking for a high-end mint one, good luck. Like, even if you find someone willing to part with it, it's going to run you thousands and thousands of dollars. And that's like assuming it's a complete set. They just they basically don't exist. Like I said, with like all those potential broken bits, uh, that all the stickers being in place, you're you're just not going to find. It's like finding the holy grail. You probably won't ever find one. And if you do, like, get ready to mortgage your house for it. Either way. USS Flag remains an iconic part of a toy line that it's, it, it is itself already iconic. Uh, we probably won't see anything like that again. Like they say, they don't really build them like that anymore. And I just, I don't think it would, something that big would ever have um, a place in, in the toy market. Okay. So that's it. I hope you find this interesting. I found it very interesting looking back in the whole history of this thing. And something that just seems like one toy actually goes quite a lot deeper. So that's it for the show. Thanks for listening. If you like this, uh, please be sure to subscribe. If you really like it, give a rating and review. Uh, that way more people get to see it. Okay, talk to you soon. Bye.